Hey, I'm Autumn, and thanks for listening to You're Not Your Effin' Chair, where our goal is to show you that your problems in life don't have to define you. Hey, 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 and I'm Nick, her husband. <laughs> He's the brains behind all of this. You know, I I had this great idea that like I wanted to start a podcast, and it was great, but I was like, Autumn, I think you need to start a podcast, and it'd probably be way more successful than mine. Not that my podcast hasn't been fun and like successful, but it like, took a couple weeks to convince me, right? But you know, and she was always like, you know what, just try it. Just you know, maybe you should just like borrow some stuff, you know, try it. And I was like, no, no, no I'm just gonna jump in with two feet, full on, because that's the only way this is gonna happen. And here we are, and I'm like so excited about it, honestly. I'm I'm I was like stoked and I've been stoked for weeks. I'm like, we gotta do this, we gotta do this, we gotta do this and it and, took a little bit of courage on my part because this isn't something I typically talk about. So but I, but I, well, it is something you talk about with me, so that's why I'm like, Autumn, these are things like we need to share with the world. Yeah you know, or whatever. I so. mean, for me, I think my chair has been something that I haven't wanted to define me and so for so long I've kind of just kept it on the down low for in in a sense saying that's not who I am so don't make it a huge deal but I mean it is a big part of my life yeah and I I think that's what I love most about you because like I'm not married to the girl in the wheelchair I'm married to autumn and I think once people meet me they realize I'm not the girl in the wheelchair I'm autumn but that first initial meeting is Yeah, there's a lot of people. That, there's a lot of people the first time they meet you, they like they treat uh, you a little bit like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> right? And I'm like, "She's she's, she's like normal. she's physically handicapped, not mentally handicapped. Yeah. Not that there's a problem with that either, but like, yeah. But they just treat you like you know, yeah. like you're a thing almost. Like, yeah, like every disability is different, and so don't treat me like. You're already putting a label on me that I don't understand what you're, what you're saying, you know. <laughs> and that's so. the point of this podcast to say, hey, you're not your disability. You're not, you know, yeah, your financial situation. You're not your problems. Right. You're not your job. Like, yeah, your depression and anxiety. Like, even if it's a drug addiction, that that doesn't define who you are. That's something you're dealing with. That's the problem, so to say. Just like my wheelchair. That's the problem. But it doesn't define you. Yeah. And like if you were a person who like say you had a drug problem and like you got over that and you got clean, you got sober. And every time someone said like say your name was Jim, like say who's that? Like that's Jim. He used to have a really bad drug problem, but he overcame it. Yeah. Like that's a part of you and that's an important thing for you. But like that isn't you. Like you are not like you're drug problem or you know not your chair and yeah you're not your chair you're not your (laughs) chair and so i think that's what i love most about autumn and i mean you know it's me and her here (laughs) (laughs) but yeah yeah i've been super stoked to do this and i think it's gonna be a blast so i'm super pumped yeah and let's get in it all right let's get into it your problem may be different than mine but it's important to remember that your problem isn't a reflection on who you are it should not control your life, right? Hey, if you had, you know, like I, I think back to our daughter's birthday party this last week, and I think we go a little bit overboard for birthday parties. <laughs> if you ever have ever been to a party me and Autumn have for our kids, it, you probably it's a little much. You probably went home and be like, 
they probably spent a bunch of money on that party <laughs> and it is and it's probably way over the top and after we're like man we spent way hey, they too felt much freaking special we though. spent way too much like we we bought a pinata for the birthday party and then like on Saturday night it was actually her birthday. We went over to my brother's house and like she's like We bought another pinata. Another pinata and it was probably full of more candy and toys in the that first one. That they don't need. Yeah, so it was a blast. But like like what I was thinking getting at there is like we could have been like it's our daughter's birthday, but we're broke. Or, you know, like I mean, if you don't have money and that's okay, but like don't make that the reason like you didn't do something nice for your kid. Like, hey, we would have had a party for you, right. but we have no money. Yeah. Like, just have a party. Whatever you can do, that's great. And just have fun with it. And, like, don't let your financial problem define her birthday party. Yeah, the problem, in a sense. Or there's a lot of moms like, I'm just too tired to do that. Like, like you're just too tired to, like, live? Like... No, you're not. You're tired. Like, don't let your problem that you're tired run your life. Right. Fix that problem and move on. Right. And it's okay to gripe. It's okay to be upset about those problems. Your feelings are valid. Like, when you're feeling those feelings, they're valid. And it's okay to feel that, those feelings. But it's it's important to get yourself out of those feelings. It's important to let yourself feel let yourself be there for a second, but pull yourself out and move on. Like, don't go back. Don't circle back. And, like, people who have anxiety and depression, like, that's a real thing. I think we all have anxiety and depression to a certain extent. There, right. We all have bad days. Those days. But if we let those bad days become bad weeks, bad months, bad years, right. then you're focusing on the negative. And there are people who deal with depression all day, every day. And that's and that's a sad thing. And I feel for those people. But you shouldn't let that depression be who you are. You, right. Try to pull yourself out. Like, hey, I'm Nick. I'm depressed. Like, no, you're Nick. You know, I'm Nick. Like, yeah. And I have depression. Right. Right. So. And it's something I'm trying to overcome. So, yeah. So just, you know, overcome your problems and don't make them you. Like, so, it is a definitely a big part of you. I mean, you are. There's a lot of times, like, you're like, I'm like, my wife came in here and they're like, your wife. And I'm like. The girl in the wheelchair. And not that, yeah. like, that's who you are. It's a way it's, people recognize. It's a way that people recognize right. you and stuff. But, like, right. there's a lot of people that we meet, and they're like, I didn't know you were in a wheelchair. <laughs> and, like, I <laughs> love... the first I, thing I typically say. You know, I love those, like, conversations we have with people because it really shows that, like, you're not your chair. You are right. Autumn. And there's a lot of people who... It's not like something you should bring up like, hey, my name's Autumn. I'm in a wheelchair. Yeah. It's always the first initial thing. But then as you you get to know me, that kind of goes on the back burner. And sometimes it becomes a problem that it goes (laughs) on the back burner. Like sometimes I'm like, okay, yes, I know I'm Autumn now. And you don't remember the chair part of things, but you kind of need to still remember the chair part of things because I still can't do everything like a normal person, you know, which anybody i mean there's people i mean there's people who have anxiety and they can't be in a room you know a small room with a lot of people yeah and they just have to do themselves and that's another thing like you never know what somebody else is dealing with yes give them the benefit of the doubt give them grace yeah like we're too quick to start saying stuff about people and this and that but like 
like you, Autumn, you have a hard time like going to people's houses when they it's not like accessible to get yeah, in their house. Yeah, which what house is accessible these days? Yeah, and everyone <laughs> everyone always invites us over like, hey, come over, you know, it'd be so much fun. And you know, she gets a lot of invites from church activities and stuff. Our friends, and they're like, yeah. we'll 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 just carry you in, and it's like, no. and like I know Autumn, and she doesn't like, I don't to, be like the to be the one saying, like she doesn't like to be yeah. the service project. No, like, we'll get you in, like. If I'm not taking her in, it better yep. be someone she like really trusts. My dad, <laughs> <laughs> or the, you know, there's like Rob or your yeah. brother. You know, there's, yeah. there's a few people. There's a couple. Danny, you know, helps out a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, yep, totally. I think I think this is a good time to talk about what happened this week. Um, <laughs> don't you? Which which part? <laughs> <laughs> the whole day. It's been a long week. Yes, I, and there's been a lot of accessibility things this week. Honestly, like. In the time that we decided to do the podcast and the time that we have gotten to this point of recording, there's been a lot of things that have happened that is like, whoa, is this the sign that I'm supposed to be doing this? Is this the sign that I'm supposed to be talking about these problems and like raising awareness to really the problem with accessibility these days? I don't know. I feel like it's meant to be. Yeah. If so, it's not, then whatever. I guess we're early or late to the game, and that's right. all right. We're just doing our thing. Well, let's what let's talk about what happened at the dance competition. Oh man, dance competition was it 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 was a good day. It really was a good day. It was our we didn't let it define our day. It was our daughter's birthday. Also, like we had just done yep. the birthday party and that whole thing, and this is birthday morning and first dance comp of yeah. the year we were running late so i got out of the car with alice and we i've never been to the egyptian theater in ogden i have i mean little you know battle of the bands <laughs> 2006 glory days if you were there we were there <laughs> oh we had a rocket and rolling good time oh I, but i wasn't i we got Sorry, I don't even go on a tangent, but man, that was a night. <laughs> if anybody has a copy of that DVD from that night, please contact me. Um, PSA, Nick had a band. <laughs> <laughs> he was a screamer. But all right, back to what we were saying. So, Re- yeah, rewind, yeah, know. Alice and I, so we hopped out of the car. Obviously, that wasn't quick by any means. Nick yeah. got us out of the car. We hurried in because, she, I mean, we were five pa- five minutes past when she was supposed to be there. So and I was like, you get was, you get Brooks and Alexi yeah. out. Um, Alice and I will go in. Uh, I'll get her in the dressing room and just find a spot, find a seat. Obviously, Nick knows to find a handicap seat, right? Um So we go in, I get our wristbands, and we start walking with the dance crew, the Rhythmworks dance crew, to the dressing room. Well, (laughs) we hit a flight of stairs. (laughs) Sometimes that happens. You know, there was this really sweet mom that was like, oh, I got it covered. She turned around. She's like, I'm going to get a key. There was a lift. So she's like, I'm going to get a key. Don't even worry about it. Um, I'll be right back. So I just sat there and waited. Alice went with her. I mean, the owner of Rhythmworks. She just went with her down to the um, dressing room. And I waited. So the lady came back with one of the um, competition directors. And she said, "Um, I can get you downstairs. They're coming with a key. But you're going to have to go back upstairs to get to the dressing room. And I was like. In my mind, I'm like, okay, well, I she has three outfit changes, and I'm supposed to go to my seat three times. So that means going down, going up, going down, going up. And not only that, but these lifts have a key. So I have to find someone. 
every single time I go down and up, there's no way this is going to work. So I called Nick. I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I get in this mode where I'm like, I'm okay. I'm okay. Don't worry about me. I'm okay. Like, <laughs> it's fine, you know. But really deep down inside, I'm like, what the hell? Well, I think that's where you like hit your wall and you're like, I know this isn't going to work. And people, if people are helping, they want to fix the solution. But you've, you've hit it to where like, there's not a, a real solution to this other than like, like, and she calls me and like, and just side note, the, the, the goal of this podcast is to make it through without either one of us crying. But yes. It, it, it might not happen. <laughs> so fair warning. So Autumn. It's sensitive. Yeah. So. <laughs> Autumn calls me and she's like crying. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is it? And she's like, there's stairs. And I'm like, oh crap, crap. <laughs> <laughs> for lack of better words. Oh. Yeah. So I was like, all right, what do you mean? And she's like, well, there's a lift, but I have to go down and up every time. And so I, I'm with my brother that's there, and I'm like, here, watch yeah, my luckily kids. Luckily, my sister-in-law Which, is And then I had Brooks team. with me, and so I, me and Brooks, we just cruise out. I think I made that, like, trip around the lobby and stuff, like, oh about a hundred times. But, so I mean, I run over there with Brooks, and I see the flight of stairs, and it's... It's not two stairs. <laughs> no. it, was a, it was a lot of stairs. Probably, and was, like, 15 stairs. Yeah, and they were they were steep stairs. So, yes, there was a, a lift to the left. And you know, and I think the people... Okay, there are ADA laws. Yes, there are ADA laws. But there are so many ways around it to make those laws ADA accessible. But you're not taking into account that these people, if they need a lift they're in a wheelchair or they can't walk very well or they have something going on um, that they can't do stairs. So if you're going to put a lift on one side of the building and another side of the building and to your standard, it's ADA accessible, but you've got to remember these people that need that lift probably are not, you know, it's not accessible to them. Yeah. And it's like, for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, like you're going to make somebody like do this every time she's got to go in and out. So like either Autumn has to watch from, I don't know where you would have watched. They don't let you on stage. I don't know. But it is just so inconvenient for her. And like, and my, you know, gripe with this is like the dads are not allowed in the dance mom room. Yeah, and, like, and that's what fine. If- I get it. They're little girls, but I mean, there's got to be something like there's boys and girls locker rooms or just so have like a family <laughs> family room or something yeah. where you because I mean, imagine if a mom passed away or something yeah, and it's was, a single dad. And I said that like, to him, and I was like, if I, what if I was a single dad? Like, what do I do? And yeah. I guess we would have done the kind of same thing we, we kind of did. But right. So back circle back. Um, Nick came and met me at where this flight of stairs was. And I think by the look on my face, he knew right off my feelings. Right. (laughs) Um, so we, I just, I called my sister-in-law. I said, Hey, I can't get down there. Can you please take care of Alice? And I think that she could tell the urgency in my voice of just like, I'm upset. I can't get down there. Take care of my kid. Like I'm, I'm not. And, and this is where I get emotional. Like I can handle, I, I can handle myself not being able to get somewhere. But my daughter was crying on the way to the dance comp. This is her first dance comp. She And I said to her, Alice, I'm going to be right next to you the whole time. The only time I won't be with you is when you're on stage. And I will be right there watching. 
So, you know what? How do you think I felt as a mom to not be able to follow through? You know, like that that's my fear. I don't want my disability to to get in the way of being a mom. Yeah. And so the story goes on like and the the lift down was not even they didn't have I don't think they had a lift back up to the the dressing rooms because you went down and then you went back up to the dressing room. So it still would have required somebody yeah. taking And this her is where I put a little bit of guilt on myself as to like I should have figured it all out and seen if it was a possibility. Did I turn around too quickly and give up too quickly? But I think that in in the end is putting the blame on myself. And I think that that's just a way to to put the blame on myself and not blame others, you know. Yeah. But but in in my mind, when people are designing these buildings, you know, this whole ADA accessible, we need to be thinking about this. I mean, yeah. it's 2021. There's how many people that need the accessibility. I don't care when your building was made. We've got to get that. We've got to get it figured out. Yeah. So, so circle back. We go back. We just, I, I just figured, I guess, Melissa, my, my sister-in-law is going to take care of her. I, I don't know. We, we went to the handicap spots, sat down, um, and I just lost it. I turned to the side. I was in a corner I don't like when people see me cry. I don't like when people see my emotion come out. I'm, I'm, you know, it goes back to, I'm okay. I'm okay. I kind of get stoned, like just, I, I'm okay. So my mom the night before, and I don't know if it was inspiration or what, but the night before she was like, what's the dance schedule? Just for some reason she was coming. She, you know, we did dance all growing up. She was there with me. She was there with my little sister, like, so I called her. I thought I'm going to call my mom. And that's when I, that's when I really, really lost it Yeah, is when I called my mom. Um, she answered the phone and I said, mom, where are you? And she could hear I was crying and she was just like, what's wrong? <laughs> you know, she just got into that mom mode of like mama bear. I'm <laughs> my, my 32, 31 year old daughter's crying. What freaking happened? And I just said, mom, the dressing room is not accessible. And she was like, I'm out the front doors. I'm coming in right now. So we hurry and bought her a wristband and she just jetted down to the dressing room. She saved me, <laughs> you know, um, here I'm getting emotional. We were trying not yeah. to get emotional. <laughs> so, but, I mean, this is where we come to this section where we want to call this gripes and gains where, you know, we're, where Autumn and or me kind of give our we talk about the problems the sil- uh, the silver lining that came from the adversity you know we faced but we talk we gripe we we're gonna about gripe it, but guess what that day was also like a wonderful day and we could have definitely just like rolled up in there and be like this ain't gonna work yeah we're leaving if this is not made gonna a be big accessible scene. then we're leaving yeah but. The person who loses in that situation is it's Alice, us. our daughter. Yeah, and Alice. Yeah, and so, and so that's not what you do. You 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 figure it out. You do it because you are still a mom. You are still a yeah. person. You know, you're. You got to pull yourself still, out of that. You know, and I was a dad like, and we could have just like let it ruin our whole day, but we watched the dance competition. It was yeah. great. Yeah, it turned out great. The and fact that my mom was there, it was just like inspiration. It's like she just knew. Yeah. So um, I think the silver lining in all of it, honestly. Well, well I mean, it puts you in a situation. Well, 
these these tri- you never know when your trials are going to put you in a situation that you grow from. You know, right. most trials, I mean, you know, if you want to go on a religious, you know, God doesn't give or he gives his, you know, hard his things. His strongest warriors, yes. the hardest trials. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and you've heard that a lot from a lot of people that you right. talk to you about, you know, yeah. This is so hard in your life, and you must be a strong person. That's what yeah. I'm, and the autumn is definitely. And some my- days I feel that way, but a lot of days I don't. Some days I'm like, I'm just freaking getting through. So if you minute by minute. Up, so yeah, so you want to go religious on it? Then God is only going to test you as much as He knows you can, you know, take can handle. So, I mean, this is definitely, an, and it's any trials. If you're not religious, anything you know, you go through. If you lift weights you know you're tearing your muscles you're you know but you grow stronger doing it right so right. i mean this tore you down a little bit but you grew stronger in time in ways you didn't expect well, and, that's and you know the i think is- i think that the people around me like we kind of touched on the first thing you see is my wheelchair but as you get to know me you realize that i don't make that my life and in return, you kind of forget about my wheelchair. And I really do feel like this. I had two sister-in-laws there, my mom. It's easy to forget how hard things are for me. And I really do feel like that was kind of a silver lining is them kind of getting a, not for lack of better words, kind of slap in the face of this is what she puts up with. This is what she deals with. And I'm just seeing one aspect of it. What are the things she deals with when she's, she's alone you know or she's working or nick's not with her what are those things you know um i did notice really quick like we went to lunch afterwards um after the dance recital and we went to a buffet and right away my mom was like what do you want i got your plate let's you know i'm here i'm here to help and i really do feel like it was kind of a reminder that not everything's normal for me you know, and, and a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't think twice about going to a buffet. It'd yeah. be like, let's go. They don't realize that I can't carry my plate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like an easy task. I mean, you can either do the one hand roll where you, you yeah, know, that you takes me back forever and forth and stuff. But Nick sees these though. Yeah, he I sees mean, we these just, every we day. We just do it. That's why we just do things. Like yes. it's just a natural thing for me. Definitely having kids has made it harder because when it was just me and you. I was your focus. Like we would, you know, for example, go get plates together at a buffet and you would just carry it for me. But with kids, you're carrying one and a half year old. (laughs) How are you supposed to carry two plates? You know? So. But but the, so what's your silver lining in this? Like, what's the thing you got out of this? How did you grow? You know what? I feel like my relationship with my mom grew like leaps and bounds. I feel like she, I don't know. Like I said, I, I feel like it's easy to forget. You know, I, f- I feel like it's easy to forget what I go through. I feel like for her, it's, she's she's like, man, Autumn, I mean, we're going on 14 years. She's got it figured out. I don't need to help her. She's got it figured out. Yeah. And I feel like one of the silver linings is my relationship with my mom. She realized I don't always have it figured out. And sometimes I need to call my mom. Sometimes <laughs> I need to be like, mommy, help, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, so that's, that's my silver lining, honestly. Um, and my relationships with my sister-in-laws, I feel like we became a lot closer and kind of, they saw into my life a little bit. Yeah. And, and with this crack, you know, you never know having them help you probably made them feel good inside. And that's, 
you know, I know it's hard for you to like ask people for help sometimes. And you do say like, I'm okay. I'm okay. Well, I've been the independent for so long too. Yeah. And you never know what you're going to do for that person and letting them help you. And maybe you just made their day by letting them help you and they feel good about themselves. And I mean, that's a confidence boost. I mean, when you go home, you're like, Oh, I helped somebody today. Yeah. And you having a problem allowed them to, it's, it's easy to help other people with problems. And so, and we're more, you know, and mo- you know, most of us, you know, want to help people. Right. Um, I do feel like there's a lot of people that don't know how to approach the situation to, to ask me if they can help. Uh, I feel like a lot of people approach it. I, I mean, I've had everything, I, everything you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. But uh, one of the main ones is, um, are you okay? Yeah. And it comes off like I'm there's something wrong with me (laughs) and usually when people are like uh are you okay it's kind of uh it comes off negative because it's like well yeah i'm okay um i'm lived i've lived this way for 14 years i'm (laughs) I'm a mom i'm okay but i am having a problem right now i'm still okay yeah and so i think honestly the way at least for me and the disability situation that i'm in as a paraplegic the best way to approach someone if you're willing to help or you seem like they're str- they seem like they're struggling or you want to offer your help is to just say that. Can I help you? Yeah, simple. Keep it yeah. simple. Yeah, can I help you? Um and you know, if they say no, they probably don't need your help. Don't <laughs> press it. Don't press the situation. I've had people who are like, "No, you need my help." And I'm like, "Um no, I don't." And then it gets kind of offensive if you're they they press themselves it gets awkward. on you. Yeah, it does. You know, but yeah. But I do feel like just a simple, can I help? And if they do need your help, you know, they're, they're going to say yes. And also, if you need help, let people help you. And sometimes I'm fighting back the tears. Sometimes I'm in a spot where I really, truly do need that help. I'm fighting back the tears in a sense of like, I'm by myself trying to be independent, trying to get this done. And I just need someone to reach something off the top shelf for me at the grocery store, <laughs> you know, or something like that. So... Yeah, but then again, like, you're not your chair, and you didn't let this one issue. Yeah. that It was a big issue. It kind of put a big damper in the morning. It but did. It was emotional as all heck. I mean, I got through the dance recital, but then I was like, oh, yeah, I got this. I'm going to do a little Instagram story. <laughs> I'm going to tell my friends, you know, I try to be real on my Instagram story. I try <laughs> to tell them the hard things, too, not just all the cupcakes and rainbows all the time. Yeah. The second I started talking about it, I just lost it. And I had to f- cut like half the Instagram story because I was like, I'm not freaking balling for five slides. No. <laughs> yeah, so, and the rest of the day was good. It was our daughter's birthday. We, like we said, we ran around driving kids here and there all day long. And, oh, yeah. And, and we got getting, back to it. And getting more pinata. And, you know, we went and did more pinata and. So it was a great day, and we didn't let this one thing ruin our day. And we could have, Autumn could have easily like been like, you know what, I'm done for the day, I'm going home, yeah. I'm pissed, yeah, and I just want to like zone out for the mm-hmm. rest of the day. And instead, after lunch, we went home, we took a breather. My mom wanted to take Alice shopping yeah. for her birthday, and <laughs> came home and cleaned up from the party from before a little <laughs> we bit. We party hard for birthdays. We, <laughs> I feel like that was the longest birthday yeah. ever. Oh, it was. <laughs> it was like a 48-hour nonstop birthday party, and she's seven. 
Yeah. <laughs> hey, she was like, Mom, I feel like I was I was doing her hair after her shower tonight. And she's like, Mom, I feel like the weekend was one day. I mean, like, it's because you had fun. <laughs> it, it was fun. I was a, it was a blast. And everything worked out perfect. And, I mean, there's nothing's ever perfect. But, you know. Yeah. It was a perfect weekend. And that's another thing. Like, you know, you can always focus on the negatives of what happened this weekend. Like, we could probably count out, like, 10, oh, so 10 problems that we ran into this weekend. But whatever. It was they great. Ha- they happened. Overall. We, we overcame them. Mm-hmm. And guess what? When we when someone asks me tomorrow, Monday morning, like, how was your weekend? I'm going to say, it was awesome. A, it was awesome. Yeah. Like, it was a blast. Yep. Like, And I love talking to people about their weekends. Like, that was what I would did at lunch every day. I would, <laughs> I would sit at the table at, when I worked at Tanner Clinic, and I'd ask everybody, how was your weekend? How was your weekend? How was your weekend? And then somebody would ask me, like, how was your weekend? I'd be like, a blast. Yeah. And, and, you know, it you don't was, let the little things get in the way. And just, it was a blast this yeah. weekend. And here we are, ending the weekend, you know, recording. recording this podcast that we've been talking about. So, yeah, I'm stoked. I'm so stoked on it. And so. yes, our kids are asleep. It's, yeah. it's past midnight. It's 1230. <laughs> That's the only time we yeah. thought we could record this thing. Yeah. And have like actual silence. Because <laughs> otherwise, it's chaos at our house. Who knows? Any second now, this podcast could be cut short, baby crying, <laughs> and we'll have to pick it up in a you know little I bit. Know. So, should we rewind? Should we do a rewind segment and yeah. talk about how we got where we are? Yeah, let's do a little rewind. I mean, I feel like talking to people. They're like, okay, so tell me what happened. Yeah. And it's such a focus on those two months of my life of what happened. And I'm like, okay, well, I've been injured for 14 years. So there's so much more after that. But it's always that question of what happened. Yeah. I mean, and it's funny how like when people first meet us, like like they're kind of like they kind of stand back. And I feel like they're watching us. Like they want to be like. You know, whether we're on the same hockey team or we go to the same dance yeah. place or it's teachers or school or church. Yeah. And it's like they kind of people do this thing where like they kind of sit back and they watch us and kind of get a feel. Yeah. And then they realize that we're just regular people. Yeah. Like we're not some weird. <laughs> the only difference is we have a wheelchair with yeah, us. Yeah, we're not some weird family. Our kids are yeah. like, I don't know. I don't yeah. know why people do it, but it's different. Yeah. Anytime people got to get a feel fa- for it. It's not their fault. It's different to them. Yes. And, so and I get that because I lived 16 years, <laughs> not really understanding, you know? Yeah. And so and then people kind of get comfortable and we joke with them and they're like, oh, these people are normal. And then they yeah. go, and then they'll like have this like awkward, like silence. And they're like, so, uh, can you tell me what happened? What? happen to you <laughs> you know it's coming and you're like well i was you know it's- yeah and it's like okay do you want the cliff note version or do you want like two hour long version because there <laughs> is a two hour long version so we're gonna try and break it up a little bit you know i'm pretty sure we'll touch on things you yeah. know as this podcast goes on there's honestly we're not so gonna, much but let's let's not bore the listeners on the first episode i mean yeah. not that it's a boring story but it could be a long story. And, yeah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna touch on the the points that matter the yeah. most. I'm pretty sure we'll circle back to all the ones that pop up because it. Yeah, yeah. And an important note is that I was 16 when this happened, <laughs> and I had not met Nick yet. We grew up 
um, in the same city, like not even a, what maybe a mile from each other. You gonna, you gonna spoil the next segment? Oh, sorry. Okay, okay, okay. I won't say it. I won't say it. But what I'm saying is, Nick wasn't there to kind of chime in on what was happening with me. Yeah, and that's what's so, fun about hearing this. Like, I, okay, I've heard the story like yeah. firsthand about a million times, but like, this is the part of Autumn's life that like I don't know firsthand I know like you didn't see with your own I was not at the hospital a single day yeah and so here we go you knew it was happening yeah I I had heard about it and I knew friends that you know like like Emily and Kelly they came and saw you in the hospital and they even like told me like hey we're going to see See Kelly was like this girl in Emily's ward Got in a car wreck. Yeah. And we're going to go see her in the hospital. And randomly, we got the same trick-or-treat bucket from Emily because she asked you to Sadie's. <laughs> she did. So. And she came and brought me a cute little treat at the hospital. So, yeah, that's one thing <laughs> we, I guess we share from that time of her life. But go ahead. So, let's okay, this. let's go into it. So, the date that I got injured was September 3rd, 2006. Um. I had gone with some friends. I lied to my mom. <laughs> I lied. I mean, I was 16. I had a boyfriend um, and they were all going camping. And I'm like, I want to go camping. And I know if I tell my mom who's coming, she's, oh, she's saying no. You know, so I lied to her and I told her I was going with a girlfriend camping. Um, Autumn was very rebellious. No, I wasn't. <laughs> okay, kind of. <laughs> So um, we drove out to Stansbury. Is it Stansbury Park? Stansbury Island? Okay. I think think so. But it was out past Tooele. So we camped out there, had a big bonfire. It was was a blast. Um, The next day around like noon, we started driving home and I sat in the back seat by myself. My boyfriend and his brother sat in the front. Um, His brother was driving and I was in the middle back seat. Um, as we got driving, we were just on the two-lane highway, um, and for whatever reason, I'm not sure why, um, he veered towards the left of the highway, and I thought, should I say something? But I don't want to be that person, you know? Yeah, no one likes a backseat driver. Yeah, I don't want to be that person, so I didn't say anything, and you know, that that has stuck with me, that I didn't say anything. And now, ask Nick, I'm a freak in the car. (laughs) (laughs) I don't let a time go by that I don't say something. (laughs) I have to refrain from pulling the car over multiple times and just saying, would you like to drive? And I I don't because I know whatever. I've never been in a bad wreck. The only wreck I've ever been in, um, we were going to Carl's Jr. to get a free burger from, <laughs> oh you know, gosh. we had our Grizzly tickets from the night before, and the Grizzlies scored, like, four goals, and it was, like, four burgers in the net, a burger you get. So we were going to get our free <laughs> Carl's Jr. burgers with our Utah Grizzly tickets. And you and backed into a pole. No. Oh. <laughs> this is only car wreck, car, car wreck. Oh, oh, oh. And we were going time. we were going straight on 300 the back way into Carl's Jr., like, uh. not turn on Main. And people always just turned in front of you right there to go left. Mm-hmm. They would turn left. And so this person turned left in front of us. And Mark, we were in his old truck. And he's like, I hate when people do this. I'm going to hit him. Oh, my gosh. And he just, like, floored it. like, <laughs> And, like, he really didn't think he was going to hit him. But he hit him. But, like, he was just trying to scare. And, like, we got close. And he's like, oh, crap. We're going to hit him. And we literally, like, just bumped there. Yeah. 
They it wasn't bumper. anything serious. Like, you could have, like, there was a little bit of a dent, but you really could have, like, just hit it with your fist and probably mm-hmm. would pop back out. Yeah. And whatever. So, so back to it. That's the only car wreck I've ever been in. So, that's why I give her a little bit of grace. <laughs> Other than me backing into things like Autumn said, uh-huh. I, I backed into poles and stuff. But. Yeah. Yeah. So, he veered to the left, hit the rumble strips. Still to this day, those rumble strips kill me. They freak me out. Um, but he overcorrected. He jerked the wheel right, and we fishtailed a few times. Um, and then our car just started rolling. Um, Like I said, I was in the back middle seat. So as we rolled, in my mind, I had this feeling of like, if I chill out, if if I'm not so tense, I may not get as hurt. Like, uh, you know, like I was, you know how it is. If you've ever been in a wreck, you just automatically like tense up um, and try to stabilize yourself as much as you can. Um, And I really truly feel like when I got that feeling of relief is when I got paralyzed. Um, but as the car came to, you know, they, it stopped, it was on the, the top. So it was upside down. Somehow I was out of my seatbelt. It was a lap belt. Um, the car that we were in didn't have a shoulder harness. So I only had my lap belt on. Um, I wasn't really sure what happened, but I was out of my seatbelt and I was laying flat on the the roof of the car because the car was upside down. Um, the driver's seat, and I'm going to try to say this without getting emotional. This is something that is really, <laughs> this time in my life was really hard. You know, this is something, I mean, this defined my life. Um, the driver's. I say it defined your life. I say it changed your life. Cha- okay, there you go. That That's better. It changed my life. And, and honestly, for the better in the, in the end now, 14 years later, for the better. Um, The driver's side door fell off, like flew off. And so there was just kind of a buzzing, you know, when your doors open, that buzzing sound. Um, I sat there or laid there for 45 minutes. Um, Everybody got out of the car. I tried to get out of the car, um, but obviously had no, it was not successful. So um, next thing you know, there was people that saw it that ran down they said there's still someone in the car ran down and then the highway patrol came the highway patrol called my mom I gave him the phone number I never blacked out I was awake the whole time um and he just said to my mom who I was with and we called my boyfriend by a nickname so she had no clue who it was but he also said the key words to her that she can't move her lower extremities and my mom being a physical therapist, she knew. <laughs> she knew. She didn't know the severity, but she knew. Um, so they said, we're flying her to the U of U. Um, just leave, meet her there. Um, so we got in the life flight and flew. The first words I said to my mom was, I'm sorry. She knew I lied. She knew I wasn't with who I said I was with. Um as we got there, they just started doing tests. They cut my clothes off. Every single, I mean, it was just like all your dignity went out the window. There was no <laughs> dignity. They just, you know, they just cut my clothes off and, and that was that. Um, we did all sorts of scans and tests to figure out what type of trauma my body sustained and how serious and severe my injuries were and 
to get some sort of a plan as far as recovery. Were were you more scared in this incident or like, were you more like anxious? So I, in the life flight, they gave me medication. um, And I really do feel like that helped. I was shocked. I was in shock. So it was just kind of like, I just was looking around. I was just kind of going with the flow. When I saw my parents, I definitely, that was a comfort. But other than that, it was just, I, I definitely would say I was scared. Because, I mean, what I, why I ask is because every time you tell me this story or I hear this story, like, you've never, like, you don't sound like someone who was hurt. You just sound like you were there. Yeah. Like and you were almost like. You know, part of you, me feels like I did watch it from the outside. <laughs> and yeah. it wasn't me and living that, it. I mean, that's just something I always notice when you say it. Like, yeah. Like, you, you never say I was crying. You never say I was so scared like that. yeah and that's why i asked yeah and never and, asked you that, but. and there were tears yeah there were tears but and and i was very scared i mean i was a 16 year old girl like i was very naive i you know i hadn't broken a bone in my life this was the first bone i had ever broken i honestly thought both my legs were broken i didn't know what was going on with me so i kind of was just like in complete shock you know so um that that week was a blur that first the the first week was a blur um i remember the doctors coming in to tell my mom like the details after all of the, the tests of what my diagnosis was and and what the plan of recovery was um i had a morphine pump that i could click every 10 minutes to get another dose of morphine so um i was pretty groggy Um, And I remember as they came to tell my mom the diagnosis, she was sitting on the side of my bed. um, And she she was pretty aware of the injury because obviously, like I said, she was a therapist. So she was she she had spent her life um, taking care of spinal cord injured patients like she was in a rehab center. She this is something she knew, you know. So I think for her, really, the the main thing she wanted to hear is if this was a complete injury or an incomplete injury. Injury, And if you um, know anything about spinal cord injuries, you know that a complete injury means that your spinal cord was completely severed. Um, and so there's no chance of regaining any movement. Yeah. Um, if it's an incomplete injury, it means your spinal cord was just damaged. So there is the chance that over time, you may be able to gain a little bit back. Um, and so... Do you feel like they were more feeding you with, like, false hope to kind of cope with your mood? Or do you think they were really, you know, like, trying to give you hope because they thought that it was going to come back? Well, I think that the doctors... More like like kicking the rock down the road. Like, hey, we're going to try and give her the best news and... Yeah. We'll kick this rock down the road and she'll find out later. Yeah, I I think the doctors were really straightforward. I think that they they don't want to sugarcoat anything because they would rather give you the hard news and then have it be good in the end instead of giving you hope, false hope, um, and it not being good. I do feel like throughout the rehab process, them being so focused on me walking in the parallel bars and things like that with braces and all that jazz, I feel like that was a false sense of hope because for me... That seemed that made me feel that made me feel like I was going to walk one day. You know what I mean? And 
So, no, I don't feel like at this point the doctors gave my mom any false sense of hope. And like I said, I was groggy, so she might have a different story. And, you know, maybe one day it'll be good to get her on the podcast if she can <laughs> hang. She's This is a very emotional time for her. I mean, my dad died in a car accident when I was two. So car accidents were not our friend <laughs> by any means. So um, there well, was... Well, I think more... I mean, when I hear this and... And, like, I know you, and there was a lot when, you know, I met you that you had these things, like, you wanted to walk at your graduation, you know, and that was, yeah. like, such a big deal. And, like, when it got closer and closer and you kept saying it, I thought, why why do you want to walk? Like, why yeah. is that a big deal to walk? And, and I think now when we look back on it, it's like, why was that even, yeah. like, a, like, a goal? Because, and I feel like that the rehab was like, we're going to get you back. We're going to get you to as normal as you can to a person. And like, that's really their goal is to get your life back on track. But it's all focused on the walking part. Right. And you focus so much of your rehab on trying to walk as much as, and you know, you watch any documentary about people in spinal cord injuries and it's always like, Will they walk or will they not walk? Yeah. And that's like the focus. But like walking to me, like knowing you is like the like. That's, that's a not bi- what makes that's me a normal. That's byproduct. Like, yeah. Like, there's so many other hard things that like you have to deal with. Like walking or rolling in your chair is really the. Yeah. The like. The, that's what everyone focuses on. But. That's really one of the the like the, the small smallest, details. smallest details of like being paralyzed. Yeah, like I know you want to walk, and I know that's what you see me as like rolling instead of like because you know you get hurt, you know you break your leg or you sprain your ankle, and they put you in a wheelchair because you can't walk. You so know, different. You, you you when I worked at Tanner Clinic, there's times where people would come in and they're hobbling, you know, and like, oh, can you walk? Do you need a wheelchair? You yeah. know, yeah. And so that's what wheelchairs are kind of associated with is like, and that is why you don't have a, you have a wheelchair because you can't walk. But like, like that's all your chair is like yeah. your chair is just because you can't walk. Yeah. So like being paralyzed and what like rehab was for you was like, they're preparing you for life to like walk. Yeah. But like, when really they should have been focused on just like getting me back to what I consider normal. So getting me to the point where I can go hang out with my friends. I don't care if I'm walking or not. I mean, I do. But in that sense of rehab. Gonna, this is how you're going to have to deal with people carrying you down some yeah, stairs. I you mean, you're, yeah, I had a complete injury. Like, there, they just told me there's no chance of me walking. And then the focus in rehab was just... Help. And they and they did teach you how to get in and out of cars and yeah. you know, things like that. In, but from the floor to my chair, they taught me a lot of things. But a lot of one of the main things we did was walking. Yeah. And I I know that weight bearing is important. I know there's important important things to yeah. getting you up on your feet. Yeah. But I just feel like that was you know something that wasn't as important to yeah. getting back to my version of normal. Um, so circling back, um, my mom's sitting on the edge of my bed and they're telling me or my mom, all of the, the diagnosis and, and what's going on. Um, and one thing that seemed clear as day 
even though I was on morphine and everything was kind of groggy and blurry and all the things, um, was when he asked my, my mom asked the doctor if I was going to be able to have kids. Um, and his answer was just a simple yes from what I remember. Um, if you know me, this has always been my goal. I've had, yes, I want to be this when I grow up. Yes, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to be successful, whatever. But my main thing that has never changed is that I want to be a mom. And so, um, you know, that was kind of a comfort, even though I had just been told in a sense, <laughs> even though I just heard it, they didn't, I don't even know if they could tell that I was listening in. Um, but I, I knew what was going on and just the fact that I heard that I can still have kids. It was just kind of like that sense of the sigh of relief of like, I can have a normal life. I can be a mom, you know, that's what I want. So, um, I think that was a hope that was a silver lining, uh, I know that men that have spinal cord injuries struggle with that. They struggle with um, having kids. And so I'm really lucky that I was able to have kids. Um, sorry. Trying to get through this. <laughs> yeah, you're a damn good mom, though, too. So. <laughs> I try. I love it. It's so freaking hard, especially from a wheelchair. But it's so rewarding. There's nothing more rewarding than that smile on your kid's face or seeing them succeed in something they love. Like, freak, man, it is the best. It's like addictive to see your kid happy and 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 be there for him. Yeah, and you're their and, mom. And you like that enjoy level is the same whether you're in a chair or not in a chair. That's what I mean. Like or like in the morning when your kid comes and lays with you in bed, like Yeah. It's not unconditional it's not any, love. Yeah, it's un, it's no different that you're in a chair, you're yeah. not in a chair. So our kids don't like, don't know like when they're younger, they have no idea. <laughs> you know, <laughs> once they get going to school and they realize, oh, not every mom is in a wheelchair. I I worried about that, honestly. I I really worried about my kids and them being self-conscious of their mom. And I hope that that never becomes a thing. You know, chances are it might. Pretty cool. <laughs> I try to be cool. <laughs> Some days when I'm like, you guys can't get up for school, so nine o'clock bedtime. I don't seem like a cool mom. <laughs> so that first week was a blur. There was constant so family members. When, when was the time that you knew you were paralyzed? Like, what was the moment? I thought I broke both my legs. I yeah, yeah, that's what you said. So I, when did you know? That it wasn't just broken legs. When he was telling my mom as she was sitting on my bed, he he said, she has a complete injury. She will never walk again. So I knew. I knew. Um, and then when did they tell you, like? Um, I don't think there was a time that they flat out told me. I think that they knew that I picked up on conversations. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know. I... I'm, I'm sure we had a discussion about it. I don't remember because I know that was the defining moment of when I realized it. Um, and obviously family members, I remember waking up and seeing family members hugging and crying at the bottom of my bed. And I was like, oh, screw this. And morphine pumped that. I clicked it and I was out because it's just so emotional. I honestly think maybe for some, it was harder to watch from the outside, for the people that were closest to me. Um, because for me, I was in the mode of, 
I need to just be strong. Um, all these people seem like they're falling apart around me. I know my mom, my grandma came to the house. She took care of things at home because I was a minor. I was 16. So there had to be someone with me at all times. So my my family was like falling apart. There were so many things going on. And I just, for me, it's just like my main focus was just like, I need to be here. I need to be healing. I, I need to get back like, <laughs> you know, you don't want to be everyone's like, you know, yeah. like, oh, we got to go see Autumn in the hospital. Right, like, right. So that first week was definitely a blur. Like, like I said, the morphine pump, I know that they were doing construction on the hospital. <laughs> so they supplied me with ear, ear uh, plugs and morphine and. I would wake up for a minute and I'd be back to out. One of the funniest stories was that I, you know, I slept a lot and I woke up and my lips were super, super chapped. <laughs> and my sister, I was like, do you have chapstick? And my sister Mandy brought me some chapstick and she went to put it on my lips. And as she got close to my face, I blew in her face because she had told me my breath stunk. <laughs> the hospital breath. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I blew in her face and they were like, oh, okay. Autumn's here. Autumn's here. We don't even have to worry about it. She's here. You know, so there was little moments like that that they knew I'm here. I'm okay. I'm just, you know, I, I, it was 24 hours. I got hurt on Labor Day. And so there was no surgeons in, and it was 24 hours that I laid there with my back busted in half. I didn't have an L1 vertebrae. It was gone. It was just completely <laughs> obliterated. Yeah, I've seen the x-rays. There is no vertebrae. Yeah, no <laughs> vertebrae. And and it honestly, for me, felt like my back was sticking into the bed. Like, it was just, it was, like, you say pain, and I'm like, oh, that feeling there, even on morphine. Oh, I can't even explain it. It was so, so painful. Um, So... I had two surgeries. The first surgery was, like I said, 24 hours after I got hurt. Um, they inserted rods on both sides of my spine to stabilize it. Um, they, I have like a 14, what did you say, 14-inch incision on my back. It's pretty wicked. It is wicked. <laughs> it is. You say I have a scar, and I'm like, ooh, I'll show you, I'll a, show scar. you a scar. <laughs> so, you um, know, like they say, like, you know, chicks dig scars, like, you know, I guess I dig scars too. Like dudes dig scars. Autumn scars pretty gnarly. Hey, hey, it, it shows what I've been through. It's a, it's a trophy, man. Um, so they went in, it was like, I, I want to say my mom said it was like an eight hour surgery. So they, and my best friend, Amanda sat in the waiting room with my mom. Like she ditched school to be there, <laughs> sit in the waiting room and wait. Um, so that was the first surgery, and I had a hematoma after that on around my spine. So they weren't able to operate again until, I believe, two weeks later. And that's when they went in laparoscopically through my side, um, and they put in what they call a cage. For me, it's an artificial vertebrae. It, it looks like a little, almost a spool, don't you think? Like it, Yeah, it looks like a... On an x-ray, obviously. It, it looks pretty, like... What is that? Yeah. <laughs> it literally, it just takes the spot of my vertebrae. And a fun fact is I grew an inch taller. <laughs> I, I imagine that's what like Darth Vader's like whole vertebrae looks like. Yeah, probably, man. <laughs> he went through a lot. <laughs> 
So after my surgeries, I think I was there for a couple more weeks after surgeries. It's all such like, I mean, I'm sure I have like all my medical records. I'm sure I could go figure a legit timeline. But um, after that, um, I was transported to the LDS hospital for my rehab. This is where crap hit the fan. Like I, those first two weeks, I was in a lot of pain, but rehab really was a freaking reality check. Um, I had to learn, relearn everything. It was like, I was a toddler. I had to potty train myself. I had to learn how to roll over. I had to learn how to get dressed. I had to learn how to sit and balance. Um, I mean, I can't feel my butt. So imagine not being able to fill and, you know, sitting it, it like learning how to sit up. I had to relearn everything. Um, all this time that I'm trying to relearn this stuff, I'm having to heal. My body was rejecting food. I was instantly throwing up after eating. I couldn't hold anything down. Um, and this ultimately resulted in a feeding tube, which was like, honestly, one of the worst things. Um, meanwhile, while all that was happening, my mom noticed signs of infection around the giant incision on my back that was just didn't seem to heal. Um, and that turned into staph infection. They spent the, they spent weeks, I feel like packing and dressing my wound, nothing was working. Um, I was super sick. My body was shutting down and I just, I wanted to sleep. I did not want to like heal. I didn't want to go to rehab. I, there was days I skipped it. Um, so after tests and them finding out with staph infection, they took me back to the U where I previously had my other surgeries. Um, I had an emergency surgery where they completely opened my back all over again, um, cleaned out the incision and, and re-sewed it, re-closed it. Um, I honestly felt like after this surgery, I was back to square one. It seemed like in the hospital, it was one step forward, five steps backwards. <laughs> it never was like, all right, we're, anytime we were like, okay, we're headed in the right direction. It was like five steps backwards. Um, and by, what I mean by that is after the surgery, this emergency surgery where they cleaned it out, they put me on an antibiotic called vancomycin. <laughs> you know this story. Oh, I, yeah, well, there's a reason why I know it. But, I mean, yeah. There's a reason why every time we get any, Autumn is getting any medicine, she's like, wait, what's in that? Yeah. Antibiotics? <laughs> what? Antibiotic. Yeah. Do not, I'm not taking it unless she's, I know. Every doctor's like, you know, pain, like. I got an antibiotic for you for your infection. She's like, what is it? What's in it? <laughs> it's like fire. No, not taking an antibiotic. Um, the reason for that is because I developed a reaction that they call red man syndrome um, to the vancomycin about two weeks after they started administering it. Um, this rat, it was a rash. And it started from my chest and it slowly moved to every part of my body, ended at my fingers and my toes. And, you know, this is a silver lining. I couldn't feel my legs. So <laughs> my legs weren't itchy, although they probably would have been. And only burned from the waist up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you didn't feel like your whole body was on fire, only the, the top half. Yeah, it was like the worst sunburn times 10. Like it was, it was hell. It was hell. Um, I just wanted to lay there with ice packs on my face. 
I didn't want to do to rehab. Benadryl only made the rash worse. So they finally figured out that um, a steroid kind of helped. So that's kind of how I got through it. But it had to run its course. And my body peeled after. It was like a sunburn. It peeled every inch of my body. It was so bad. Um, it was all such a blur. I do have a question. I mean, throughout your hospital stay, like, who was the one person who had the biggest impact on you outside of your family? Oh, outside of my family? Probably, okay, so probably two people, if I, is that fair? Two people? Yeah. Um, My best friend, Amanda, and my cousin, Haley. Uh, Haley lived in Mesquite, and the second she found out um, what happened to me, she, my mom found a babysitter <laughs> for me, someone <laughs> to stay with me um, while she went, took a, one day and went to a wedding in St. George and she brought Haley back with her. Uh, so Haley and Amanda showered me. They took care of me. Haley slept in my bed. She slept in the hospital bed next to me. She wore my clothes. She didn't have a change of clothes with her. So those two, like, they they seriously made a difference, and they made me laugh. I think that was a huge thing. They made me laugh. They made me feel, like, a little bit normal, you know. My, my boyfriend broke up with me while I was in the hospital, so <laughs> that kind of made it a little bit better, you know, having two little best friends there. I, I love how every time, like, Autumn says, like, she was in a car wreck with her boyfriend, I got to, like, step in back. I wasn't her boyfriend at the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that wasn't me. wasn't me. Don't think I broke up with her. Heck yeah, no. they look at me like, oh, you, you're you know, not a scratch on you. I was like, yep, because I was uh, back home. Yeah. Hanging out in the basement. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I honestly felt like I had to take rehab second by second. Um, I really definitely felt like this can't be real. This can't be real. This can't be real. You know? I went to bed at night and especially, I, I mean, they, I was what they call FOS. Do you know what that is? No. Full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. Um, still is. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> My body wasn't working, so nothing was coming out. And they made me have this feeding tube that they just kept shoving stuff in my stomach, and it hurt so bad. And so I know there was one night in particular that I was just like, can I just die? Like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here anymore. Like, what? Why is it like one thing after the next? Why am I having to go through this? Can I just, I'm already paralyzed. Like, can you just let this be a smooth process? And there was one night in particular that I just remember the lights were dimmed. And I just remember looking at the, whatever it's called, the monitor or whatever that shows my IVs and that has my IVs hanging from it. And just thinking, please just like die so that I just die. <laughs> I did not want to deal with it. And I know that is so so real for me to say but and and hard for me to say but it was the truth like this moment it was just like I don't even know how I'm living through this it was just pure hell it hurt it might psychologically I was just struggling and I didn't I didn't want people to know that I just and and I I'm the same way now I'm okay <laughs> I'm fine. Don't that's worry a, about me. A, Haley looked over and said, "What's wrong with you?" I'm okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. So. I mean, we can laugh about it now, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then it was just like. Hey, I'm glad you didn't die that night, you know. Cause... <laughs> I had a lot bigger things going for me than I realized, I think. But it it was hard. The pain I endured is just indescribable. I can't. I can't even describe the psychological, the physical, emotional pain of of an injury like that. And someone that has gone through something similar can explain that pain. Um, but it is just, it was the worst, honestly. Um, with all that being said, I wouldn't take it back. I wouldn't take it back. Yeah. I, I'm glad you wouldn't take it back is what I'm trying yeah. to say. It like, shaped who I am. I think. In a sense of like, I learned so much about yeah. myself. You know, I, it was no more like questioning who I am and what type of people I need to hang out with and what type of boys. I mean, I didn't have boys using me, you know, I mean, the only boy I met after that was you. <laughs> and although we had our struggles dating, I didn't have what I had before of like just questioning who I was. It's yeah. like I just learned who I am. I know who I am. I'm Autumn. Yeah. And I've been through some crap. Like, don't mess with me. <laughs> you know? So. Uh, yeah. and That's my story. That's. And it. Like, I met Autumn. Um, Let's go to our next segment. Well, I mean, it's called, what are we going to, it's That called, One Time. That One Time. Yeah. So, our, that one time today is going to be how we met. And I I knew of Autumn, and, you know, MSN Messenger was, like, super cool. <laughs> this was, like, two months after I got hurt. I wasn't well, no, even no, no, in school. No, I'm just saying, no, this is, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going way back. I'm going, oh. like, a year or two, probably. Okay. It's probably ninth grade, you know? Yeah, I don't MSM remember. MSM Messenger, <laughs> Summer Nights, you're like, everyone's like, hey, you know, I, I think some of my, my, one of my friends, like, girlfriends or whatever, like, um, I'd be like, oh, hey, you know, you got any, like, <laughs> chicks, girls, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know, I was terrible at, like, yeah, talking to girls, like, yeah. I, I, and so... Gave me your MSN, I think, you know. <laughs> I think I may have, like, wrote you, like, hey, you know. Yeah. And maybe you were, like, hey, and that's about <laughs> that's about it, you know. Yeah. But your name was always on my MSN from then yeah. on, you know. You just had a bunch of people on your MSN messenger that you, yeah. you didn't really talk to. Yeah. It's kind of like your, your Facebook friends. Like, <laughs> you don't really interact or your MySpace friends, you know, yeah. back that day. Back then it was MSN messenger. <laughs> yeah, MSN and MySpace. So. Yep. But, um, so... Um, time went on and, you know, I heard she got hurt or whatever. And then I would go to seminary always late cause it's seminary. So it's yeah. literally a free period. So the school doesn't care if I'm late Let's to seminary. Let's be honest, Nick ditched a lot of school. <laughs> I did, but, and so I guess this day I didn't have anywhere to go. And I was just like, I'll go to seminary. And yeah. I was late just like I was every day. I, you know, I was the last yeah. one to, like, leave the hall. Yeah, hey, hey, bye, yeah. bye. I well, and I wasn't in everyone. normal school yet. I yeah. was only doing seminary because I couldn't sit up for longer than one class. Yeah. So this was my senior year. I think it was January. Yeah, my and, junior year. Yeah, so, and I would go to seminary late, and this one particular day I went late, and... <laughs> 
Autumn was getting dropped off by her dad. And I remember her dad, like, I was already in the seminary building, and I was chatting with the teachers that didn't, you know, I would always go yeah. in there and, like, like my goal was to, like, get into class with as little time left as possible <laughs> so if I can prolong by anything. And then I saw her dad pull in with his Suburban. I do uh-huh. remember it. And, and I saw him get your wheelchair out and help me in it. He put you in it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to open this, you know, the door for the girl in the wheelchair. And I opened it and I just like looked at Autumn and I, I knew who she was. Like, like Autumn said, we grew up in the same town forever. Yeah. You know, I knew we, who you were for sure. We went to the same elementary, the same junior high. The I same went high to your school. show at the city building. Yeah, she went to the only of, show I went to from Justice. Yeah, Jada was pretty big, you know. <laughs> who didn't? No, just kidding. <laughs> it's one big of the, for high schoolers. That's one of the funniest things, like that you went to a show that I was like, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, and I opened the door, and I remember like your smile, and, yeah. And that, and it was probably the look in your eyes. I don't know. Like that's one thing that's always like captivated me about you is your look in your eyes and stuff, and and I just like. And I don't even think I said anything to her or... Probably just a, hey, what's up? I think I just... I think she said, thank you. And I said, no problem. Yeah. And that was it. Probably. And I... Because, I, like I said, I'm not good at talking to girls. Then you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, she just went down the hallway and into the classroom. Yeah, but from then on, he made sure he didn't ditch. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I made sure I was late. But not too late, you know. I hung out in the lobby, of the, and so like every day she would come in, and I'd he be was late. there to open the door. And I'd open the door for her to come into seminary, and I, I I don't think I ditched seminary much after that, unless I was ditching yeah. with Autumn. But so then all of a sudden I get this message on well, Instagram. No, no, no. So like, she's also in like the classroom across. Don't jump ahead. Come oh, on, this okay. is me sorry, telling sorry, the story. Sorry. You've, been, sorry. you've been talking forever. Right? <laughs> you go kidding, for it, babe. Just kidding. <laughs> and uh, so like she's in, and I would like she sat at the back of the room because you know she. I don't even there was no desk. I couldn't get in the desk. So you just sat in the back of the room, and I yeah. would, like. Oh, she's in there, and I, I don't even remember what I peeked in there to like do or oh, say. I remember, and I just like I think I just like opened the door, and I was like, Bleh! "Hey, like, brother Anderson!" Yeah, and I was just like, "Hey!" <laughs> like he's like probably in the middle of his like you know lesson, getting to the spiritual part, you know. And I just like, "All right, I'm I'm opening." This I'm door. going, going I, in. I, then maybe I'm I don't know. I was just like I opened the door. I was like, "Hey, brother Anderson!" And like I just like looked at you and like. Smiles. <laughs> like, I just want you to know that. I hey, came I'm here. here. I came to see. I'm smiling. <laughs> still, not, I see I'm you. still not saying anything to you because I'm too like you scared. Know. So, and then I we we hung out. You know, right there next to the office. You know, mm-hmm. us guys that listen to screamo music. I think you know, <laughs> and skateboarding. You know, so just the crew, and uh, and then. Autumn came by with a friend, and I really don't think I said anything to you there either. Like, yeah. I just, like, hey, like, yeah. you were just in the same, like, vicinity. Group. I think your friend was talking to one of my friends. Yeah. And, like, we were both just there, and I was just, like, smiling. Yeah. Like, and not saying anything, because, yeah. like I said, I, and then. I and, honestly and, didn't think anything of it. And so it was Friday night, I think. And I'd gotten in my car to drive, or my mom's car, I didn't have, 
my car was out of commission or something. Yeah, the at this old point. Camry. You were in the old Camry. Yeah. So, and I busted out my MSN messenger on my phone <laughs> and I saw Autumn K89, yep. <laughs> Autumn <laughs> underscore K89. Yeah. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's her. And I was just like, what's the chance that she's on? Like, do you really think she's on or like it's on her phone? Yeah. You know, so I was yeah. like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, hey, it's I Nick. was at my friend Amanda's. It lives around the corner from yeah. me. I didn't know you were there. And, uh-huh. I, and I was like, hey, it's Nick. You know, and you're like, Nick, Nick from Kent. Yeah. Cause, well, I had a friend that worked at Kent's. And it was like was a Nick. punch of the stuff. I was like, uh, no. Shoot. Nick Van Komen. No, you said Nick VK. Oh, Nick VK. And I was like, who's Nick VK? And Amanda. Amanda was like, oh, that's Nick Van Komen. <laughs> I know him. Give him my number. Yeah, I think I was getting offline or something. Yeah, you're like, hey, I'm getting offline. Here, yeah. But here's my number. Here's my number. And Amanda's like, give me, give him mine too. Yeah. So and, I gave you both of ours. And I don't, I don't remember I saved her, you know, her yeah. number. Yeah. And uh, and then I started texting you, you know. Yeah. And, and then you we know, hung out. We hung out in the basement. I remember I went and picked you up. Did you carry me down there? I did. I did carry you down the first time. And I remember your wheelchair probably just stayed. In. For a long time, my wheelchair didn't exist. And maybe that's why. I just sat on the couch. And maybe that's why, like, I don't see it. Because, like, when me and Autumn started dating, like, we'd hang out in the basement. So it was like. Why do you need your wheelchair? We're just going to be in the basement. We're just chilling on the couch. So I would just carry her down into the basement, set her on the couch, and we'd hang out. And if I needed to go to the bathroom, he just carried me to the bathroom, (laughs) carried me back. And that's just how we did it. And the wheelchair was like, I remember your dad coming to the basement one time when we brought the wheelchair (laughs) in, and nobody, I was sitting on the couch. And he's all, whose wheelchair is this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, mine? And he's like, you need a wheelchair? <laughs> you know your dad. He's pretty straightforward. Yeah, but that's the funny thing. I was like, you'd been coming and hanging out for and he had a no idea. that time, you know? So. I know. And that's how we met. And it was all history from there. Yeah, and it was We all- went through some crap. I mean, we went ahead of our ups and downs. We, we broke up for a minute. Nick went to Provo, and I went to Logan. I think yeah. that's when we realized that we really loved each other. <laughs> it's when we weren't trying to be together, <laughs> you know. But yeah, and so it was. It was. I always say, and like circling back to like Autumn getting hurt, like I feel like we had lived that close to each other and went to the same school and everything that you know, if if the stars needed to align and we were somehow supposed to, like, connect and meet, and I really do think we were meant for each other, and I really think, like, Me that's too. a real thing, you know? Because, like, I think about our kids now, and I'm like, there's no way those kids don't exist. Like, yeah. there's no way they're not ever going to exist. Like, these are the three yeah. coolest kids ever. It was all meant <laughs> to be. And so I think maybe God was trying to get us to go together, and, like, we just wouldn't. Yeah. And so he's like, All I right. was into some crap that Nick wasn't, you we're, know. We're, we're tearing down this team, you know. We're, we're building. We're, we're in yeah. a rebuild, you know. <laughs> I, I think sports a lot, so, <laughs> you know. We would just, you know, we weren't connecting. So yeah. he said, hey, you I'm guys got to connect. I'm going to throw a wrench in this, you know. And honestly, if Autumn never gets in that wreck and she never, you know, I up, never go through the crap. 
Yeah, <laughs> then we never meet. And, you know, I think, and that's why I think that, you know, what year was it? 2006? Six. Well, yeah. by the time we met, it was 2007, but, January. But, but September 3rd, 2006, I yeah. think, changed my life. Oh, it changed my life. But my life for the better. Because yeah. if that never happens to you, we never then meet. we never meet. I mean, we would have met and this and that, but Maybe. I really don't think we would have ever met. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. And like I said, I just, you know, walking would be great. Walking, obviously, like that's no secret. But the things that I learned about myself, the things that I learned about life, the things that I learned about overcoming and pushing through and just keep going. It's like Dory, just keep swimming, you know. <laughs> just keep going. You know, you may be having this this horrible day that you're like, how do I recover from this? It may be a fight with your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend. It may be financial issues that you're like, how do we recover? But just keep pressing forward. You yeah. have to just keep going because you don't know. I mean, imagine if I just let, imagine if I would just let my emotions get the best of me and I was just depressed and I was just down and, and I couldn't pull myself out of that. I wouldn't be where I am 14 years later, three kids, yeah. a life, two businesses. Like I, I had to go through that to learn and to, you know, to yeah. be where I am, to press forward and I do feel like learning how to press forward has, has got me through. There's days that that I go to bed at the end of the night and I'm like, I'm closing this chapter. I'm done. Today is done. Nick knows. There's <laughs> days that I'm just like, I'm out later. Yeah. I'm tapping out. This is It's it for me. And I just know I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to wake up in the morning. And we've got a clean slate. Yeah. You know? It's easy to get you know, yourself down on your negatives in your life and, and stuff. And there's, I mean, me and Autumn, we're, we're regular people. We have arguments and there's a lot of times where we're, you know, we're laying in bed and we have an argument about something and, you know, you sit there and you're laying there and I always think to myself like, okay, I could just go to bed right now, mad and yeah. she's mad and tomorrow, I guess, whatever will we'll happen. We'll figure it out. You know, and then I'm like, why am I so mad? Like, why can't I, I, I should yeah. just let it go. Life's like, too short. It's not like, am I keeping mad because I want to like prove something Ego. or whatever? And I just like, I'm like, you know what? That's stupid. And I, and I always try. I mean, maybe I don't always. But no, I, I have to admit I'm the one that, that holds on. <laughs> Nick's usually the one that, you know. Puts his hand on my back. Hey, don't be so mad. I, I was... I'm sorry. <laughs> he's all, I, I'll admit, he's usually the first one to say sorry. And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry too. And so like, I always try and like give her a kiss. Like as mad as I am, like just kiss her on the yeah. forehead. Cause I like. We agree to disagree. Yeah. And that's fine. And it's, but that doesn't, uh, that one argument or whatever, doesn't define our relationship. It doesn't. Yeah. Like we are Nick and Autumn. Yeah. You know. Yeah, we got to pull ourselves out. We got to start fresh the next day. There's things we don't agree on and we won't ever agree on. And there's things I I pick my nose, I oh, fart. Jeez. I... <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm glad she doesn't focus on those things. And she still thinks I'm a sweet, cool guy. Well, you know? I'm glad you see through my backseat driving <laughs> <laughs> and all the things that I do. Cause I know that's not the only thing. <laughs> but yeah. And, and like I said, I mean, you're not your wheelchair, you know? Yeah. And, and that's our goal. That's our goal is to, to teach you, you know, teach you that we're, we're normal people, you know, but we're trying to use my wheelchair and my daily life to, to show you that don't let your struggles or your problems define who you are. Or, There's or, so much more to it. I mean, look at this. Like the two businesses I own have nothing to do with my wheelchair. And <laughs> usually people don't know I'm in a wheelchair until they meet me in person yeah. You know, I, I mean, I run a bow shop and I'm a marketer, a freelance yeah. marketer. And uh, I always joke with people. I'm like, and they kind of like, you know, I tell people about we were going to start this podcast. I'm like, she could have started a bow shop called Bows on Wheels, you know, yeah. or something. And like, there's probably a lot of people like, oh my gosh, she has the cutest bow shop and she's in a wheelchair. The sympathy though. She has, she's this girl in a wheelchair that makes bows like. No. Like, Ugh. you know, they're like these you know, bracelets made from little kids and, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's fine. And those things are great for those kids that, you know, that's how they make a living and right. money. And that's how life is. But, you know, you are so much more than your problems. You yeah. Know? Yep. You have so much more potential than, yeah. you know, that's just a tiny little footnote that you're having to put up with. And it's definitely a part of you that's an important part of you, but it doesn't define you. Right. Right. And so I think that's the point. Like, you're not your effing problems, you know? Yep. You're not your effing job, you know? Yep. Your job may be bad. And, and like, one thing that drives me nuts is, like, you ask people, like, oh, how are you? And, like, oh, school and work, school and work. And, like, well, how are you? Yeah. Like, like I get that you do school What you're and doing work. isn't defining you. <laughs> yeah. Like, how is gym, you know? How yeah. is Jim? I don't care that, you, you know, you do Sweet school. Sweet, you're in I, school. I, I Sweet, you're, you're going to work. So are we. You know, and, like, everyone's <laughs> like, oh, kids. Yeah. Like, I get that you have kids. Like, you don't have to explain it to me. We yeah. all know kids. Right. So how are you? Like, what's going on with you? Like. Yeah. Like. Genuinely. Dig in. And, like, maybe if that is your life and, like, all you can think about is your problems, like. How was today? Well, work was bad. Then the kids were bad. And then we didn't have, we were broke. And then I had to cook dinner and that sucked. And then we didn't go to bed on time. Like those are all just the bad yeah. things that happened that day. Yeah. But there and was a lot of good things probably that happened. Yeah. That's in what between. you're focusing on is you the know? negative. Yeah. Like a day is 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Sometimes it is 24 hours of shit. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just fill one the day. fills. That's the main thing. Fill the fills. You're, you're entitled. You, your feelings are valid. Yeah. Your feelings are so valid. But like I said, you have to pull yourself out. Yeah. It's okay to gripe. Yes. But you got to realize, I mean, it's kind of like when somebody bugs you, you know, and you got to say, oh, so-and-so bugs me. But guess what? They're still a good person. That right. doesn't mean you hate that person. Yeah. Like, they're still a really good person. And there's things about Autumn that drive me freaking nuts. <laughs> and, like, I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> just stop. Just stop. <laughs> you know? 
But I love her for who I'm she stubborn. is. And yes, very stubborn. And it's probably been a good thing and a bad thing in my life. And she doesn't eat her vegetables a lot. <laughs> I <joking>. don't. I'm <laughs> stubborn about what I eat. I blame it on the hospital. I blame it I, on them shoving what, things the down one, my throat. The one question I didn't get to, I was going to ask you, what's yeah. the one thing? And I, because I knew the answer, but I was going to ask you, what's yeah. the one thing that has still affected your life? From the hospital. Oh, you know the answer. It's eating. <laughs> they, oh, it was disgusting. One time they were like, you need this much protein in a day. And I had like goals. If I got to a certain amount of calories a day, I could get my feeding tube out if I did it consecutive, like certain days in a row. And they put shots of protein in front of me. And I was like, dude, I'd rather do a shot of protein than eat all this crap, you know? Never again will I try to do a shot of protein. <laughs> oh, so gross. Every shake they gave me had like four shots of protein in it. It just, I mean, and granted, there was days that I honestly, I said the words and the food would be there within an hour. Costa Vida, it'd be there within an hour. Wendy's, it'd be there within an hour. I had Captain Crunch from one of my good, my mom's good friends that he, he said, what does she want? And I said, Captain Crunch, and he had it there for me. But it was just constant feeding me, feeding me, feeding me. And like I said, nothing was coming out the other end. <laughs> so I was just full. And my my body was just like I, I would eat and throw it up, eat and throw it up, eat and throw it up. So that accomplishment of like when I finally got that feeding tube out, it was glorious. But yeah, definitely still to this day, I can't just eat eat stuff like dieting <laughs> is so hard for me because i'm just like i can't eat the gross things <laughs> and i'm down with veggies i'm down with all that but i can't do it like same thing day after day after day definitely yeah. eating has been a hard thing yeah. for me but hey we live our life we yeah move on yep. and life is good yeah and you know Learn to love everything in That it. and freaking antibiotics. <laughs> I will never get used to antibiotics. Autumn's the worst at taking pills oh, of any so sort. Bad. I have to like mentally prepare myself to get those antibiotics down. <laughs> I think you have to mentally prepare to take any pill. <laughs> Honestly, though, it's that fear of like, am I going to get a rash? Because guess what? I have. I am allergic to, I feel like, every antibiotic in the book. It's garbage. But, hey. While I gripe again. <laughs> this has been a great podcast. This yeah. has been a blast. This is, I think I had an expectation of how fun this was going to be. It exceeded. And tonight was a, a night I will never I remember. honestly was worried about what I was going to say. And now we're sitting here and I'm like, this just flowed. It's, we're almost at an hour and a half now. And we've just and, sat here talking. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's easy awesome. when I'm talking to you. I think there's nights we lay awake for hours just talking, so... Well, yeah. let's not bore each other. You know, yeah. everyone. Yep. Let's, yep. <laughs> let's close this podcast. We're going to have another one next week. Right. New fun stories. I mean, dude, we got stories on stories. We've been married for 11 years. Almost 12. Almost 12. Next month. Yeah. So we've got stories, you guys. Pregnancies. Oh, yeah. Three kids, two businesses. There's There's stories on stories, so. Stay tuned. Tune back in with us. And remember, you're not your effing problems. You're not your effing chair. Bye.